um, welcome to Public Sector Talk with Alcambe. Um, today we're interviewing Mr. Sheldon Seibert. He's um, from Principal Consulting Namibia. He's an organizational development practitioner um, by trade. So he will be the person that we're interviewing for today's episode. So the topic under discussion today is leadership and change management. So the one question that I would ask to Mr. Seibert is in your definition, what is change management? Uh, okay, um, thank you, Shua. Um, I think you can just call me Sheldon, you don't need to uh, keep with the formalities. Um, so, so what is change management, right? Um, so change management sort of broadly refers to the actions a business takes, you know, to adjust certain areas within the organization, you know? And it's really about sort of trying to manage that transition. Uh, and basically, it, it is really to just ensure the sustainability and longevity of organizations well into the future. And this may include things like company culture, internal processes, underlying technology, uh, infrastructure, corporate hierarchy, and you know many other areas within uh, sort of areas impacting the organization directly. Um, what is also, I think, important to say is that we have two sort of main areas that impacts sort of change in an organization. Project management uh, that looks specifically to the technical areas uh, within a specific change initiative, things like financial resources, the people that are going to be sort of directly involved with the change, specific timelines in which the, 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 the change initiative needs to happen. So really that uh, sequential waterfall type um, change uh, initiative sort of focus. And then you have uh, the other, which is more geared towards people, right? Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, a lot of where the work is, especially in change management, because um, changing people and their attitudes and behavior and their comfortability with sort of new things is a very big task and, and um, they, you can sort of bring all of these beautiful technological things into a, an organization and if people are not sort of comfortable with that process uh, it may be sort of a, a, a sort of losing battle that you might be sort of implementing in the organization. Um, we can also look at areas like internal and uh, external sources of change. Um, and it's self-explanatory, right? There are internal sources within the organization that is pushing for change. And then we have external sources that are sort of pushing for that change. And being able to sort of distinguish those type of changes is also important for, for any leader. Um, just to conclude this question, uh, I think there are broadly two areas once again especially with the type of change uh, there are small changes that an organization can do right to sort of uh, gradually and you know less cost um, taxing type of changes that can sort of be introduced things like processes workflows um, etc and then you have these large-scale transformational changes that organizations you know, try to do, which are often more sort of dramatic uh, and also at times happen suddenly. Uh, things like 
trying to change a whole business division, you know, trying to expand into different organized, I mean, markets, international markets. Um, yeah, so I think those are some of the things that sort of leaders should look at when, you know, uh, talking or, you know, playing in that change space. Okay, I see. So the other question that I had was, what are the circumstances that can lead to the need for change management? Yeah, um, I, I sort of uh, alluded to this a little bit, but there are generally two sources of, 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 of changes within an organization. The first is an internal source of change, which really is just like the word it says, internally, where the internal sources are pushing for change. So these are, um, you know, your talent. How good is your talent to sort of operate in the space that they are currently operating? Governance and ethics. Um, where are we struggling in terms of governance and, and ethical issues within our organization? What processes can we adjust within the organization to sort of uh, improve performance? Uh, and technology, uh, how um, current and modern are our sort of technology and how is that sort of impacting um, a better experience um, for whoever is within the organization or outside? And you saw internal sources really is usually sort of linked to effectiveness within the organization, right? So there is a, 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 a direct link to how efficiently are we operating in the organization? Are there any sort of stumbling blocks that is sort of minimizing this uh, machine to sort of operate optimally? And then we look at, or we have uh, external sources of change, right? Uh, and this is sources outside of the organization. And, and usually the mindset here is we need to understand that as, as an organization, we are sitting in a much bigger uh, system and we are not an organization on our own. So things like um, the economy changes will impact our organization. Geopolitical circumstances, those are also going to impact our organization. Any regulatory you know, changes within government that may be proposed may impact our organization. So all of these things are sitting outside of our our control and we may need to sort of um, then unfortunately we are sort of forced as an organization to just uh, adjust and these things may contribute significantly to how you run your organization now those two aspects are really sort of a, a general textbook uh, definition but what is incredibly important for leaders to understand is the ability to pick up in the organization, outside the organization, where change is coming, right? And obviously nobody can sort of um, see the future, but there are some weak signals within the organization and outside the organization that may sort of guide leaders to be able to say, there might be something coming, right? And, 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 and it really all has to do with being a little bit more context sensitive. What is happening in our organization? How are our employees feeling in terms of the general engagement? How are our customers or, or citizens rather in, in, in the country feeling 
uh, specifically to a specific area or product or service that we are giving as an organization. So being able to pick up those differences and shifts in, 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 in where a, a potential shift may be coming is a skill that leaders need to start sort of developing you know, if in any way they want to, you know, this whole conversation of staying ahead of trends, etc., etc., it's really about being able to pick up those weak signals within the and outside the organization to be able to sort of um, change when when change is sort of uh, imminent. Okay, I see. Um, then maybe the other aspect that we could look at is leadership style. So specifically, does leadership style need to change depending on the crisis that is affecting the business? Uh, this is also a, a very good question because, um, and also very obviously current because uh, many organizations due to COVID-19 are sort of going through um, said crisis, right? And the reality on the ground is Yes, leaders will have to adjust their leadership approach to fit the current times. There is nothing wrong with being consistent uh, and using a, a, a leadership approach that has been useful to you in more stable environment, because that is the sort of differentiator. If we are in a stable environment where everything is sort of stable within the organization, um, the leadership approach that we are currently employing may not well be um, useful for a times in crisis, right? Because a times crisis is a little bit sudden, or even if it's not that sudden, there are fundamental differences in a, a crisis compared to a problem in a more stable environment. Because in a stable environment, for example, you have time to think about analyzing the problem, so on and so forth. But in a crisis mode, there is very little time to really do deep analysis of the problem to be able to sort of solve for it. And, and it sort of essentially then requires different approaches to leadership. And, and uh, what is also important is being able to make that differentiating sort of characterization that we are currently stable, our current stable, I mean, leadership approach is efficient um however should something happen to us as an organization where sort of a new approach is required how do we best um approach that kind of leadership because we also accept that this special the, the the one that we decided to employ may not very well be applicable to to a crisis scenario yeah Okay. Um, I want us to maybe look at um, some of the barriers that prevent um, effective leadership. Uh, maybe can you name a few that you've come across in your long career? Um, look, any HR book or you know Google search will give you a long list of um, barriers to leadership, right? Uh, things like ego and lack of accountability, refusal of help, being over-controlling, being overconfident, you know, and the typical obvious things like bureaucracy and red tape, you know, these things are all well-documented and are sort of 
not new to leadership. Um, but what I must say, it's different from organization to organization, industry to industry, ministry to ministry, agency to agency, right? So what is important there is for leadership to really be um, introspective and ask those questions about what is really in the way for us to lead as a leadership team or as an organization. Because if those things are not out in the open and say that, I am struggling with this area of me being a leader uh, and actually trying to minimize or take away even those hurdles within um, within that leadership process, uh, it will always and forever be there. So I, I always like to tell leaders in an organization to really take the time, you know, and really um, question the type of leadership that you are using and how applicable is it in this organization. You know, a lot of organizations have very beautiful leadership values, etc., etc. But uh, sort of these descriptive ways of doing things is, is different from what is actually being done on the on the on the ground. And 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 I think closing that gap, you know, is is incredibly important to what we say we are doing and what is what is experienced by leaders in an organization. And it really is just being about op um, being open and transparent, really, right? About what are my experiences as a leader in this organization? Where are my frustrations? How can uh, we, as a collective leadership, sort of improve within the organization? Right. So be very transparent and open, and say, look, these are the things that we are struggling with. How do we improve the business, which essentially I mean, the leadership process that essentially then uh, improves the business at the end of the day. Okay. All right. So obviously, change management is something that's designated to a particular department. So what I would want to know is who has the responsibility of enacting change management within an organization? Yeah. Um, so a very good question. Um, a lot of organizations will have a different approach to their transformational and sort of change initiatives. Uh, they sit within a specific department, for example, in organizational development. They have a whole transformational team maybe that is responsible for it, or they can have some external consultants to sort of come in to, to, to deal with, you know, um, the various change processes that is required. But there is a central sort of role and agreement when it comes to the organizational leadership uh, and its influence on change, because they have what is called legitimate power uh, to authorize change and sort of establish a direction of change, right? So uh, most of these, and, and most of these initiatives will have, for example, a change owner, right? Somebody who's ultimately responsible for, for the process. Uh, but this is also very much set in the a leadership approach where leaders are supposed to be, you know, heroes. They need to be all-knowing. They need to have all of the answers. And when working in uncertain and complex times, um, that is just not true, right? A lot of a lot of leaders are experiencing uncertainty and complexities where they really don't have the answers. And it's more of a a day-to-day -day approach as opposed to giving a solution uh, for a specific sort of complex problem. 
Um, and, and it's really about looking at change system systemically, right? Who is in the organization that can sort of contribute to this change? Because if you if you look at it, everybody in the organization will be responsible uh, for the change at varying responsibilities, right? Even if it's just sort of accepting and understanding that this change needs to happen for our organization and sort of helping the change initiative to get along. So so I I, I don't I prefer not to, to to pinpoint a specific individual or a team, but let's look at leadership more uh, as a as a as an as a process that needs to be uh, enabled within the organization for everybody really to just contribute to to what is required in terms of change within the organization. Uh, okay, um, I think that pretty much brings us to the end of the, the conversation that we're supposed to have. But I had a follow-up question. Yeah. Um, have you maybe seen an increase in the need for change management um, after or during the time of COVID? As opposed, yes. As, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, definitely. I think that's that's a, a very good question. And change is on a rise, right? Um, if, if anything, COVID has taught us there are a lot of things need to change within organization, right? And a very good example is um, this hybrid work life that we, we sort of need to uh, accept, where people need to use things like Zoom to sort of um, do their work. There's no longer going to be the need for people to be in a physical um, building to be able to do their work. Uh, and, and if you look at that in, uh, that proposal of hybridity, it wasn't not there. It wasn't uh, a far thing. If in any way, many organizations had Zoom installed on their laptops, but they never felt the need to use them because they were sort of in a stable environment, right? And where everything was normal and everything was okay. But when change happens, external source of change, uh, we are sort of required to adjust. Now, not a lot of organizations had that technology um, installed on their laptop because they didn't see the need. Some did, some didn't. The ones that had it could easily sort of maneuver the transition, right? Uh, however, the ones that couldn't or didn't had to start from scratch and uh, sort of then we're having conversations about how do we get the technology on our laptops, how do we teach our people to use the said technology, and how do we then sort of incorporate this Zoom culture into into our 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 sort of day-to-day -day working style. And for for organization A who sort of has that Zoom uh, already installed, it it might have been an easier transition as opposed to an organization that didn't have that. And, and all of that whole process requires change. And, and I think there are many areas where change is becoming a, an important aspect, uh, not only the actual sort of waterfall process, but just the idea that things are not as simple and straightforward as they are. There are a lot of complex 
entanglements within the things that we we need to do to to sort of um, stay abreast with sort of the current times. So I know I, I spoke a lot, a uh, little bit um, disorientedly, but to answer your question, yes, I think leadership is. I mean, change management is becoming a a, a sort of way of of working within organizations more than it was in, in than it was in the past also because in the past change was sort of incidence based or initiative based so if you're bringing new technology if you're bringing new values you know those areas but where things need to sort of change organically sort of transformationally uh, one needs to sort of think uh, of change as a sort of continuous process, sort of a never-ending change um, process. Yeah, I hope I answered your question. Okay. Now, I'm um, sure you did. Uh, um, I would like to thank you for being part of um, today's public sector talk. Um, for everybody who's watching, um, that was Mr. Selden Saber. He is a organizational development practitioner. He works at Principal Consulting in Namibia. Um, Mr. Saber will be having a webinar with us on Wednesday, I believe. Um, if you are interested in viewing the webinar, just go to our social media for all the details. Mr. Saber, um, thank you very much. Yeah, no, it was a pleasure. Thank you for giving some time for me to share my thoughts. Okay. Oh, you're welcome. Um, obviously, um, I hope this is not the, the last time that we'll see you on Public Sector Talk, and hopefully maybe in the future we can organize a physical one, if need be. Yes. Um, other than that, um, yeah, I'd just like to thank you for basically taking out the time to be with us today. Great. Thank you, man. Thanks. Okay, bye. Have a good day, sir. Ciao.